today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I can just picture the angels in heaven giving charge concerning us. And here we are innocently praying, oh God. And, and here's the angels going, no, don't pray that. You don't want that. Which is why people say, I, I thank God for the prayers that he answered. But in some ways, I'm more thankful to God for the prayers that he didn't answer. Because if he would have answered that prayer that way, the way I prayed it, it would have been catastrophic. They say hindsight is twenty twenty. Have you ever looked back on an unanswered prayer and realized it was God's grace that you didn't get what you asked for? Pastor J.D. will encourage us that in spite of hard circumstances, God is still on the throne and His sovereign plan will be accomplished. What a wonderful truth. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Titus chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. One can know a truth without knowing the truth. That's not a play on words. I can know a truth. That's true. That's truth. But it's not necessarily the truth. Because see, we know who the truth is. Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a truth, a life. There's many paths. No, there's not. There's only one way to the Father, and there's no way except through Him. Oh, that's so narrow-minded. Well, wide is the path. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many go thereof. But the narrow gate, the narrow path that leads to life, only a few, only a few. Well, I wanted to leave enough time for this last one in verses 2 and 3, and it sort of seals the deal, if I can say it like that. It's this hope, hope of eternal life. We refer to this hope of eternal life as our blessed hope. But here in these verses, Paul takes it to a whole new level. Don't you find it interesting that the Holy Spirit would inspire Paul to include this detail of God made this promise, and oh, by the way, God can't lie. It's not God won't lie, because the inference is that He could. No, it's like He can't. Try as He may, it's impossible. God can't lie. Now why is that important? I mean, it might at first read seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, but it's not. What Paul is saying here is, God has given you His Word. God has made you this promise. What promise? The hope of eternal life. You could take it to the bank. Actually, don't take it to the bank right now, because they'll scan your forehead. But to me, the, the strength with which Paul writes this, when he says that 
God doesn't lie. He can't lie. He's, he's made you this promise. This promise is yea and amen. So be it. It's a done deal. And the reason I am wanting to highlight this is because of the aforementioned emphasis on the word no. Because when you refer to it, and nothing wrong with referring to it as the blessed hope, but the problem in that is that it can kind of carry with it this idea of, I sure hope so. I sure, I sure hope. I'm really hoping. No, that's not what this hope is. This is the hope, like the truth, because of the promise from God, who can't lie. So it's more like this. It's not like, well, is, is that what you're hoping for? Oh, it's better than that. I don't just hope. I know. I know. How do you know? No, oh, I know. It, it, it's the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge. I know. <laughs> and that's why I have the hope. Now, if the word no means what it means, which is no, again, I know deeply profound, then wouldn't it stand to reason that we should be able with an absolute certainty to know that we have eternal life? In other words, the jury's not out. The verdict is in. We can know. There's no doubt. There's no question mark. There's no wondering. There's no ambiguity. There's no uncertainty. That's First John chapter 5 verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may, wait for it, no, no, that you have eternal life. Pastor, why are you so upset about this word no? <laughs> I'm not upset. Maybe a little bit. It is of paramount importance to know the importance of no. Because if you don't know the importance of no, then what's coming is going to blow you away. If you don't know. If there's even just a little bit of a, a doubt, well, I don't know. You're in big trouble. You, you don't know? No, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. No, you, you need to know. You may know. You don't know? No. N-O on the last no. <laughs> so do you know, <laughs> K-N-O-W, why Paul was able to endure all that he endured? And would you agree, by the way, that what Paul endured would make what we're enduring and may yet future endure look like nothing? Right? So I think that he's earned the right don't you, to teach us, if we're teachable, the, again, the secret to his success in being able to endure. Obviously, uh, Paul was on to something, right? 
As we like to say it, do you know something I don't? Well, in this case, maybe, maybe so. Well, what do you know? Here's what I know. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. You know this verse. If you're anything like me, and I would suspect that you are, you don't like this verse. <laughs> I know for a pastor that's kind of bad, but I actually have to confess that early in my Christian life, I hated this verse. Is that bad? I know it's strong, but it's true. I'm just being open with you. Because I couldn't quite wrap my mind around what James was saying here. He says, consider it pure joy, joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Stop right there. Surely it cannot say that in the original language. So let's do a study of the Greek. I think this is a, a poor translation from the original manuscripts. And really what James should have said was, consider it pure hell, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> right? Come on. Don't look at me all spiritual and smug and pious. Okay, let's be honest, right? You're in church. Do you consider it not just joy, pure joy, <laughs> when you <laughs> face trials of many kinds? The inference being fiery trials, life and death trials, when the storms of life hit, scary. You're like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Or how about this? God, why are you doing this? So how can I possibly, I mean, come on, this is God's Word. So <laughs> you look it up in the original and pure joy means pure joy. So consider it pure joy, okay? I'm so glad James doesn't stop there, because if he did, then this is what would happen. It would be, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Okay, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> no. God will never call us or command us in His Word to do anything without empowering us by the Holy Spirit to do it. That's another thing you can't do. God cannot tempt with evil. God will never put us in a situation in our lives that's conducive to our failing and falling and sinning against Him. In fact, the opposite is true. He'll always create an environment in our Christian lives that is conducive to our obedience. It's been said that God's callings are God's enablings. So when you read a passage like this in Scripture, you can't read it without also knowing that if God is telling me this, that He's also going to empower me to do this. Because to not do that would be inconsistent with the goodness of God and the love of God. That is inconsistent, incompatible with the nature of God. And think about it again, and this is a healthy thing to do when you're in the Word of God, because He's your loving Heavenly Father. And think about it in the context as an earthly parent, as an earthly father, how much you love your children, how much you want what's best for your children. How much more does your Heavenly Father want what's best for you? I think about even when Jesus was teaching that parable, talking about 
the Holy Spirit and the Heavenly Father giving the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And it's very interesting, it's intriguing actually, because he says, you as earthly parents, you know how to give good gifts to your kids when they ask you. I mean, if they ask you for a piece of bread, you're not going to give them a rock. If they ask you for fish, you're not going to give them a snake. Can you imagine? Hey, uh, Dad, can I have uh, some good spicy ahi poke fish? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know that's a little absurd. You got the point, right? Tell me you did. How much more does your Heavenly Father want to give you the Holy Spirit? Just ask. James will go on to say, you have not because you ask not. That sends shivers up and down my spiritual spine, because I wonder about all of those things that were mine had I but asked. And then Jesus says, if you'll ask me for anything, anything, ask me for anything, anything, yeah, anything, if it brings glory to the Father, and it's according to my will, you got it. Really? Anything? Yeah. Well, hey, pastor, with all due respect, I prayed so long, and God never answered that prayer. Oh no, He answered it. He just didn't like the answer. <laughs> See, God's either, God's either going to answer, no, He answers the prayer. Either yes, no, or wait. But we hate to wait. But He answered the prayer. And oh, by the way, there are so many prayers that we pray, you don't want God to answer those prayers. I can just picture the angels in heaven given charge concerning us. And here we are innocently praying, oh God. And, and here's the angels going, no, don't pray that. You don't want that. <laughs> Which is why people say, I, I thank God for the prayers that he answered. But in some ways, I'm more thankful to God for the prayers that he didn't answer. Because if he would have answered that prayer that way, the way I prayed it, it would have been catastrophic. I'm still going somewhere with this, so please stay with me. So consider it pure joy. Okay. Um, Pastor, I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to mandate the vaccine, and I may lose my employment and my income, and I may lose my house. And, and you're saying consider it pure joy. Yeah. I'm not saying it. James said it here. <laughs> okay. How? In a word? knowing. No. Because you know, not wish, hope, sure hope this works out. No, you know. I do? Yeah, you know. I don't know. You know <laughs> that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Wait, what? So you're telling me that the way I'm going to persevere this trial and consider it pure joy is by going through the trial. Yeah. That's what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. James is saying that. <laughs> Lord, I need perseverance. Okay, then here comes a trial. 
because that's how perseverance comes. Lord, I, I need to consider it pure joy. Okay, here comes the trial, because that's how pure joy comes. Wait a minute. How does that work? What does that look like? How does that apply to me today and tomorrow morning when that alarm clock from H-E double toothpicks goes off? <laughs> like mine did this morning. I hate alarm clocks. There will not be alarm clocks in heaven, I want you to know. And it's back to the grind. And I know what I face tomorrow, and it's getting worse. And I'm to consider it pure joy. Yeah. So how did Paul persevere? Because he knew. How am I going to persevere? Because I know. I know. What do you know? I know. I know how it ends. I know that God is good. There's no doubt. There's no question. I know by faith, and by the way, it's not blind faith. This is an intelligent faith. We have this God-given intellect. We saw that in Isaiah chapter 1, where the prophet writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, God pleading with His people, come, come here, let's be reasonable. Let's reason together. I've given you this ability to reason intellectually. Let's, let's be reasonable. Let's reason together. Let's resolve this. Let's settle this. You can know. And knowing has no room for questioning. And I'll explain that, and this is important. Because if there's any little crevice or little crack where questioning can seep in, here's what happens. Yeah, I know, I know, but here's the problem with that. And I want to say this very carefully. <laughs> the but is in the wrong spot. That was as good as I'm going to be able to say it. Example. I know that God works all things together for the good, but I don't know if I'm going to have a job this month. Your butt is in the wrong spot. I say that in love. <laughs> you know what I mean by that, right? Let's switch it around. You got it backwards. I may not have a job this month, but I know that God works all things together for the good. Ah, now you got your butt in the right spot. That's the last time I'll say it, because that time it didn't come out very good. But God, He will have the final word. How do you know? Because I know by faith. Let me ask a question, and we'll bring it for a close. So let me see if I've got this right. I'll speak for myself, because I'm just as guilty as the next guy when it comes to this. And I preach it. It's kind of a practice what you preach, preacher. Man, if I had a dollar for every time I, <laughs> never mind, heard that, I'd, anyway, I'd probably drive a newer car. But um, 
I'm trusting God. I'm speaking for myself. I'm trusting God. When that trumpet sounds, and the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up, raptured up, to meet the Lord in the air, I'm trusting God for that. And I can't trust Him for next month's rent. Oh, you don't know? If you knew, (laughs) then you could consider it pure joy, because you know how it ends. You know how it ends. Again, it goes back to keeping one's sanity in an insane world. Is this world not insane? Seemingly getting more insane with each passing day. Man, I, if I didn't know the Lord, I don't know what I would do. Doesn't that just give you a compassion and grace for those who don't know the Lord? How are those who don't know the Lord dealing with this? They're not. (laughs) If I didn't know the Lord, where am I going to turn? What hope do I have? I don't have hope, because I don't know. But because I know, without a doubt, by faith, that my God is good, and He loves me, and He'll never let anything happen to me, and not one hair on my head will fall to the ground unless He allows it. He's a lot of few more than I would have liked to fall to the ground off of my head. I just want to encourage anyone, you needed to hear this today. This was the Lord's Word to you. Somebody perhaps watching online and you're very discouraged. The discouragement is giving way to despair. God never faults a man for despair. Many in Scripture despaired of life. Even the Apostle Paul, as we saw, despaired of life. But God, make sure you put the butt in the right spot. You take your situation, as bad as it is, and it's bad, and then you say, but I know my God is good. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know the way He's going to do it. I certainly don't know when He's going to do it. Any time now, Lord, would be great. But I do know that He will do it, because He can't not. And that's what I know. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of Titus together. When Paul wrote the book of Titus, he wrote that truth might be taught in order to grow the people's faith. It isn't the paint color on the walls or the carpet on the floor that matters in the church. What matters is that the Word of God is being taught so that all might believe. Are you being taught and dwelling on truth today? If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this Titus series, you'll be able to find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. 
You may already read the Bible and you may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit calvarychapelkaneohe.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for being part of today's listening audience. Join us next time on In Spirit, In Truth. Ooh